Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk <laughs> Recorded live. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay, thanks. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Stefan is fighting a little cold, but I am actually just dodging it. I'm not going for it. <laughs> oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So how, how was uh So tell me what, what actually happened with your landlord. Interesting. Well, I actually, since the minute I met him before we even moved, um, I was like, wow, that guy is cute. Like there is sort of like a, like a, an initial impact. You know what I mean? Like when you meet someone, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Um, there was just something um, that was striking to me. And um, nothing's happened, but it's like every time I see him, I have a feeling. <laughs> and <laughs> it's sort of annoying because he's married with two two girls, and I just met his wife. At, actually, I found an amazing UU church here, which we're going to join. Um, nice. Yeah, it's great. Um, and he was there, and I saw him, and then I met his wife and his daughters. And but it's like, and I think he might feel the same way. Um, uh, cause sometimes he seems a little nervous around me. I don't know. Maybe he's just a little bit of a nervous person. But I don't know. I I think there's a similar kind of feeling. But maybe I'm projecting. Maybe I'm projecting my own. <laughs> Chemistry no, sometimes we get an intuition that there's some, you know, there's something there that there's an energy. I have felt that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but it is, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, yeah. So that's it. I just, um, I try to avoid him as much as possible, just because I don't want to indulge. I don't want to feed it. And, um, but I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. And normally I'm fine. I'm disciplined about it, and it just sort of fades. And then yesterday, after right. I saw him um, at the church, we had the chance to talk a, a bit more. And um, and so it sort of stayed with me <laughs> for a longer time, which is annoying. So I, uh, yeah, I, it's a drag. I mean, it would be really nice to have that kind of a romantic chemistry feeling with someone I could actually start having sex with. It'd be great to start having sex again. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, but there must be something still in the way. Maybe, because I feel pretty great. Stefan and I did a, a couple of sessions on my mother's postpartum depression and her being unavailable and me feeling alone and isolated, sort of like you and I had worked on. And then um, that immediately changed my feelings for Warren. Is it me? For some reason? Huh. Hold on. I didn't hear some of the words you said. I don't know if it's on my side or yours. I'd be, I'm, can you hear me okay? I can hear you perfectly. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, no, I can. There was you said that you mentioned there was a couple of words that I couldn't hear at all. You just went blank. But it was something about working with Stefan on your mom being depressed and not available. Is that what you said? Yeah, and that that was what was sort of um, remaining uh, for mm-hmm. my att- attraction to unavailable men, and immediately it shifted my feelings for Warren. And it's been really easy to sort of mm. not be in touch with him and forget about him. I haven't been thinking about him at all. Um, hey. Yeah, I mean, from time to time, but, and he hasn't contacted me, so he's, he's, um, I guess, supporting the change, you know, he, maybe he wasn't that into me, or whatever, or I don't know, but um, he's not, you know, I'm not contacting him, he's not contacting me, so that's just fading away, which is good, and yeah. um, so... And I don't even think I'm going to bother being friends anymore. I think I think I'm just done with that. Let's just close that out. 
you know, forget it. Yeah. And it seems like a very healthy thing because otherwise it's like, you know, you don't want to be, especially for a bit, right? It's like, so you're just clear that this is not, because sometimes you go from like really a strict potential relationship to friendship. You know, if, if, I mean, if when you get there, if you get there, it may take a little time. It's good to just have a pause, like put the, the space. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. So, I have another guy. Like, I yeah. So maybe it's because I'm. You were saying last time that maybe there's a thing about Sersha, right? That I don't want this little dyad mm-hmm. to be interrupted. Yeah, that's what I want. It was uh, was actually I even mentioned it to Stefan, and um, and he said it is possible, but it's still like. It, it, there has to be something that is the attraction to people that are not available, but it would be a way of protecting you. Now, it's interesting because you're saying, you know, it would be great to start having sex with someone that that is available. Um, yeah. And just check in with yourself. How would it be? Because sometimes it's like, you know, <clears throat> what 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 is the sense within you regarding, okay, really wanting to connect to, to someone, feeling special to somebody, you know, having sex, having like all the, you know, your body really being turned on and feeling great and feeling like, you know, a woman again. How does that play into bringing that person into a, into your family? Um, well, you know, I don't equate them. I don't know that the, it, it necessarily has to, I don't have to bring that person in immediately, but the person, ha- I'm not going to want to have sex with someone who isn't that quality anyway. Um, right. So, right, but the, the piece that it could be playing out, Deb, is that if there's a part that is ambivalent about bringing someone in, so if there may be, and I'm just playing with these, right? Yeah. Let's say it's a, you have the answer. So I'm curious if it's possible that there's a part of you that is just ready to have a man in your life, but, and, you know, and your body is like, yes, let's just go for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm interested. I'm wanting these. And then there is a part of you that says, well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that he has to be part of our life. So keeping it safe would be someone that is not really interested in being, you know, a father figure in any way. And so it could just be like more of a lover kind of thing. Someone that is not available, you know, emotionally would be a safer type, a safer choice. Right. I guess, you know, I love how it is with Sarah and me right now. And I don't feel like sharing her or dividing myself. Um, so it's a mm-hmm. conflict. I, it is a conflict. It's a conflict with regard to another child, too. Um, right. I'd really, you know, I woke up the other night. I had a nightmare that I had um, a medical test and that it was, I had brain cancer. And then when I went for the second oh. medical test, it was actually a cancer. And it said that was related to my heart and lungs instead. And I woke up and I was really upset. And I, at that point, I was like, you know, we need to have more people in our family. <laughs> you know, we need, mm-hmm. Sergio needs more people in her family. It can't just be me. Um, that was the feeling that came out of that dream. And, mm-hmm. um, but it's, I'm really stuck because I love it how it is right now. It's just so beautiful. And it's hard for me to imagine that bringing more people, another child and a partner, into our life would not be worse than what it is now because it's so precious. But intellectually and on some emotional level, I know we need a bigger family. And I want a bigger, like I want another child. I want whether I adopt or I have a baby, you know, a pregnancy or, you know, whether there's a, a child, you know, that, with a man that needs a mom, um, right. it feels like an invasion or intrusion into this beautiful thing that we have, which is so amazing. And you're and stopping, other, right, Ev? Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. That's it. Other yeah. people bring complexity. And um, also, when I'm 
interested in a man, I'm less present for Sirsa emotionally because I'm thinking about that person or worrying about that person. It's like my mm-hmm. heart has someone else in it and I'm less present to her. Yeah. So, I mean, even if I, even just with Warren or even just with, you know, my mind is not on Sirsa. So yeah. I don't know how to get over this. I don't know what to do about it. It's, it's I'm stuck. Well, that first of all is just acknowledge it, which you just did, right? So it's like, yeah. oh, this is just through the points. I'm actually let's do a credential point for a moment. Even though I know that it would be a really wonderful thing to expand our family, even though I know it would be a really wonderful thing to expand our family, to have a partner, possibly another child, to have a partner and another child. Because it would make our lives richer. Because it would make our lives richer. And provide more stability and security for Sirsha, just in case something happened to me. And provide more security and safety for Sirsha, just in case something happened for me. And in the future, Sirsha will have a sibling if, you know, when I leave her side. Right, right. So deep breath. I honor that this makes sense. I honor that this makes sense. And my heart is scared. And my heart is scared. Conflicted. And conflicted. Because I love the dynamic and the beautiful, like, as well as like a glorious nest that I have with Sierra. A what? Like a glorious nest, you know, uh, like a yeah. container, like a sacred container. I love the dyad that we have and the sacred nest that we have together. It's peaceful. It's not complicated. It's loving. It's all joy. There's no drawback to it. There's like no conflict. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, tapping through the point. This is a good one, yeah. It would be so complicated. It would be so complicated. So many dynamics. So many dynamics. Things would change. Things would change. It may not be peaceful all the time. It may not be peaceful all the time. I may, I may have, I'm going to have my attention divided. I'm going to have my attention divided. And I already have resented my work for that. And I've already resented my work for that. Uh, Adding another person or even two people? Adding another person or even two people? Right, like considering the baby? Yeah. Really would complicate things. Really would complicate things. And I can see how Sirsha really wants my attention. And I can see how Sircha really, really wants my attention. I saw it very clearly when I was holding Lisa's baby. I saw it very clearly when I was holding Lisa's baby. And yesterday, even when I was hugging, hugging Cleo at his birthday. Wow. <laughs> yeah. She's possessive. It's so cute. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, there's a part of me that is really scared. There's a part of me that is really scared of pulling away from her, of pulling away from her. And definitely my attention would be divided. And definitely my attention and my heart and my emotions and my energy all would be divided. Including my body. Including my body. It's a chance that that would mean not sleeping with her every night. Well, not yet. I wouldn't be sleeping no, with no, her yeah, all that's night. True. All night. Right. I wouldn't be sleeping with her all night. That's true. Yeah. Right. So there's so many changes that to consider. There's so many changes to consider. No wonder I feel attracted to an available man. No wonder I feel attracted to an unavailable man. Because it's a way that I'm protecting her and me. Because it's a way that I'm protecting her and me. I've been in relationships before. I've been in relationships before. And even though I learned a ton, and even though I learned a ton, there's always complexity and conflict. 
there is always complexity and conflict and growing edges and growing edges that will have an impact on Sersha, that will have an impact on Sersha. And I feel very protective of her. And I feel very protective of her. So I'm in conflict with myself. So I'm in conflict with myself. There's a part of me that is totally ready. It's a part of me that is totally ready and even frustrated of being attracted to an available man and even frustrated that I'm still attracted to an unavailable man. And there's another part that totally understands. And there's another part that totally understands. <clears throat> it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm not lovable. It doesn't mean that I'm not lovable. It doesn't mean that I don't deserve somebody's full attention. It doesn't mean that I don't deserve someone's full attention. And, and, and check with those statements, Deb, because that's exactly what you were working with, Stefan, right? And we, were, we work with that as well. Is it true that, is there any noise when you say, you know, as you tap, I, I deserve somebody's full attention and love? There's a little noise. Okay. Okay. There's a little noise around deserving someone really fantastic and a little noise around someone's full 100% attention. Okay. So yeah. tell, me, tell me what is it that comes up? Uh, it's just sort of a feeling of unworthiness. Like I'm just not... Like I look at this guy... Um, the landlord, his name is Adam, and his wife, Noelle. And, <clears throat> yeah, she's this woman, and she's got this amazing guy. Mm. I mean, I don't know what he's like, but it's, he seems amazing. He's gentle and kind and interesting and uh, so a little soulful and creative. Like, he's he built this... He, did this whole house in such a beautiful way. You know, he's really talented. And, um, you know, why does she, she has him, and for some reason I don't have a him. I don't have someone of that high quality. And so there's a little bit of like I'm not, I couldn't have someone that great. Hmm. I couldn't have someone that great. Is that? Yeah, I couldn't hold. <clears throat> yeah, it feels <clears throat> back to that one. I've worked on that one before, but it's still there a little bit. Yeah. So how like much is it I couldn't have or hold to someone that to have someone that great? Yeah, about how a true four. does it feel? A four. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear that. Okay. Okay, so tapping into the points. Yeah, I as much as I would like to, I don't know if I could hold on to someone that great. As much as I would like to, I don't know that I could hold them to someone that great. I feel like maybe I don't have what it takes. I feel like maybe I don't have what it takes. Maybe I'm not as I'm not that lovable. Maybe I'm not that lovable. Maybe what else? Why is it that you couldn't do it, Deb? I think I think it's that I'm not that lovable, and I don't feel that. I never had the kind of unconditional love that Sirsha has. I don't know what that feels like. It's like I I look at myself as a as a partner, like a resume, you know, and I have this and I have that and but those are all um extrinsic qualities, you know, it's like I have a PhD, I'm creative, I'm kind, you know, it's like I'll be I'm attractive, I'm tall, I'm interesting. You know, it's like all these things that... But I don't have that feeling that I'm giving Sersha, which is totally unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And so I don't feel like I could... Someone would love me. Someone worthwhile that I would want, that I, Mm -hmm. you know, admire and aspire to. 
would love me unconditionally because I don't know what that's like. At all. Like from a baby, you know, from being an infant and a baby and a toddler and a little girl to, you know, to when I started earning positive regard from my family. Yeah. My parents. I don't, yeah, I think that's what, I'm not that lovable on that essential cellular level. So let's look at these for a moment as you keep on tapping for just a second because there's a part of you as you just take a deep breath and see yourself as a little girl. Maybe you were as a toddler if you can, even a baby. Let me know when you can see her. I can see her. Is she lovable? Yes. Does she deserve unconditional love? Yes. Okay. Now, I want you to see her at, for example, four years old, four or five years old. Mm-hmm. And notice if those two statements hold true. She's lovable and deserves unconditional love. Yes, she does. Okay. Now, now I want you to invite your mind to show you the picture of you throughout your childhood, adolescence, just whenever that was. The moment that that changed, that she, that you decided, no, you know, maybe she's not as lovable. Maybe she's not deserving of unconditional love. When did I that think she, she it didn't change. It was always there. Like now I look at her and I see she's totally lovable. Okay. But it, I mean, it's a deep, deep, deep belief that she held all that time. Like I, as an adult, I see that she's lovable. But she never, yeah. she didn't feel it. She didn't, okay, she didn't feel it. She didn't it. feel so, it think... as four or five or she didn't feel it as a toddler. Okay. Of course, right. So, so you think that there was, because this, this is the thing. One of the things that I discovered is that we can, we can continue giving it to her, right? And we've been, I remember that I was mentioning yeah. that when you're, you know, when you're with Sears, I imagine yeah. that, you know, your two-year-old is there with you. But there's one thing that could literally, and especially on someone like you, and I'm going to tell you why especially on someone like you, you have had to, to overcome so much. And these are the areas where we are very similar. You have to overcome so much that there's a part of you, there's a part of your heart that had to uh, grow a little bit of a, of a, sh- a shield or a, a, a shell around your heart to protect yourself in, yeah. you know, in, in, to the, from the world and also to make bold moves as a woman and have the success that you want. Mm-hmm. So... That that shield that we build um, could be simply protection, you know, and that's there. We can recognize it and we can soften it. But when it adds, when it, that shell is added to childhood trauma, and when that shell has, in addition, um, anything that, and this is a key component here, anything at all that you have done in your life that for whatever reason you feel that is unforgivable. Oh yeah, we've talked about this before. Yes. Um you talked about me leaving home and abandoning my siblings when I went to boarding school to take yeah. care of myself instead of taking care of them. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I think we talked about my existential guilt of being conceived and born. And causing all these right, problems. and we didn't actually, you know what? Your existential like guilt with that—that that would never finish like truly clearing. I don't think. But let's check. Let's check if there's any if there's anything like that because the one the, see when you're talking there, the reason that I'm bringing all of these different options in is that I have discovered that it took me several years. Okay, it's true that I attracted Stefan into my life. But it took me two or three years until I could fully trust that he really loved me and he was here to stay. And so it, it was not; it was a process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you're at the place where you are not even totally open to attracting that person. 
Um, but I know that there were certain issues within me that kept me from opening my heart. Um, so it could be, you know, it could be any one of these things. And one of the ways in which we actually, when we have done something unforgivable that is still kind of lingering, there's a part of us, and, and because this is a key here, and it could be connected to that or it could be just being born. If, we, if there's a part of you that believes that you are right about not forgiving yourself, that, you know, that the truth is that it wasn't forgivable and you're not letting this one go. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, you're still punishing yourself. Punishing, yeah. 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 Right? So it's like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove to you that you're really not that lovable. So only people that cannot fully love you are going to be the ones that I'm going to show you. Or that I'm what show could you. it be, Lauda? Like, I, I, what, what should I be looking for? Like, what could it be? I mean, one thing that comes comes to mind, I told you about, you know, like kissing my sister when I was 10, and I told you about squeezing no, my brother's that one, penis. You, know, you probably told Stefan. I didn't know that one. No, I told you. Really? Yes. Kiss, kissing your sister. Wow, I don't, for some reason, I, I have a pretty good memory. I didn't remember that one. I was, like, practicing kissing her when I was 10, and I think she was 5, and then she said she didn't want to do it anymore, so I stopped, but I was practicing it. You know, I was like, ah, let's try this. People do this. So, uh-huh. yeah. But is, do you have, is it just notice if there's anything within you that is still kind of, um, you know, like lingering? Because the key here, what, what I hear you say is that, you, you know, she asked, she didn't want it to do it anymore, and she, so she asked you to stop, and you stopped. Yes. Did you, did you still feel like you were pushing yourself on her or anything like that? No, not at all. Okay, okay. Um. Well, one other thing that comes up other than those two things is, um, but that still wasn't good. I mean, it's not, it's not good, you know? Um, no, but it was you were experimenting, and when somebody set a boundary, I mean, and it depends on you. Like, does it still feel like it was a yucky thing to do, or was it? It, it, it is really a normal thing. Uh, I think it's and, a and normal it, thing, but probably not great for her. You know, like um, yeah, not great for her. Get probably yeah. damaging, and um, I don't. It didn't. It wasn't coming from an abusive place. It wasn't coming from. A, it was coming. It was a normal developmental thing but um mm-hmm. not good for amy and um yeah I, I don't feel great about it even though i know it wasn't intentionally abusive or you know okay um so there's still some tension there do you feel like somehow that you you know you, it just it I feels also like feel, I, yeah, I do. I feel yucky about it. And then I also feel sort of um, one other thing is that I was the favored child over Amy. And Amy was constantly compared to me in an unfavorable fashion. Mm-hmm. Except in the beginning when she was really little and she was this blonde and I was a dark child and she was this fair, blonde, blue-eyed, which is favored in the world. Um, but as we grew up, I was more this and I was more that and, and I was the favorite child over her and she always felt inferior to me. So I, I feel guilty about that. Or I feel, yeah, I feel, I regret, I feel guilty about that even though that wasn't my fault, you know? Right. And yeah. I think part of the reason I <clears throat> have given you me money is that I'm kind of trying to make up for it, you know? Mm-hmm. That she got a shitty deal in relation to me. She got a really shitty deal being my sister. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that is, yeah. So so notice what happens when you say that. She got a shitty deal being my sister, and I, there's a part of me that is still paying for this. That's been trying to compensate or help her as a result, mm-hmm. help her more than I normally would. Yes, yeah. yeah. I stopped paying her, but every, you know. But I have given her money for years, you know, and um, yeah. so, yeah, I, I and I've tried to, build her up and do things for her that would 
compensate for the fact that she was uh, she got a shitty deal being my sister. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And how how intense does that feel right now? Yeah. That feels really pretty big, like a seven or an eight. Okay. 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 And just for a second, and I have it, and we're going to focus on that in just a second. I have one more thing that I want to check with you. How does it feel? And this is more of your, almost like at a soul level, right, with, with your heart. Mm. How, how do you feel the fact that you were conceived the way that you were? Right. And what, what happened to your mom as a consequence? Yeah, the, we never finished that piece, the, the date. No, we thing. never did. Yeah. It's really hard for me to know to, because I, she told me on her deathbed, she told me a few things on her deathbed when she was in the dying process, and that was one of them. I'm really grateful she told me. Um, but it's hard for me to really have a feeling. I mean, I have a general feeling that my conception ruined her life. And she kind of told me that she, by saying her whole life, Whatever you do, don't get pregnant too soon, too early. So mm. I know that basically my existence kind of ruined her life and ruined the development of her self. And, and then, you know, got her stuck in a shitty marriage and um, that ended up killing her. So that, that mm. could be, there could be stuff there. Yeah. Well, just, again, look at that. And the, the one thing that she said on her deathbed, I mean, can you, you're tapping, right, Dove? Because this is, yeah, this yeah. is really, to me, this is really heavy, even if intellectually you cannot, you know, I don't know, like in your body, like whatever you do, don't get pregnant too soon. So you waited until you were 47? Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes we don't realize how much we actually really try to honor our, our parents. Yeah. You know, so I ruined her life, but the least that I could do was, you know, really honor her wish of not getting pregnant too soon. Yeah. And when you did, you aborted. That's right. So, I, and I, I know I guilt over that too. Yeah. Maybe that's unforgivable too. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh, exactly. Ugh. Okay. So, deep breath, carotid point. Even though there's a few things that I'm having a hard time forgiving myself for. Even though there's a few things I'm having a hard time forgiving myself for. I don't, and I don't know exactly which one, and I don't know exactly which one is causing me to feel unlovable and non-deserving. Is causing me to feel unlovable and non-deserving. Of unconditional love. Of unconditional love. Deep breath. I now, I now choose to honor all of my feelings. I now choose to honor all of my feelings, all my experiences, all my experiences, and I want to hold in my heart, and I want to hold in my heart the truth that I always attempted to do my best. Truth that I always attempted to do my best, including during my conception including doing my conception. The topics were the points. I had no idea. I have no idea. But as a soul, I may cause my mother so much suffering. But as a soul, I cause my mother so much suffering. And yet it seems like somehow that was my time to come in. And yet somehow that seems like that was my time to come in. There's a part of me that feels judgment towards my soul. There's part of me that feels judgment towards my soul. Yeah. 
And I want to trust. And I want to try. Trusting. Trusting. A bigger plan. A bigger plan. But right now I can feel all the pain. Because right now I can feel all the pain. All the sadness. It's okay. You don't even have to repeat. Just listen to my words and tap and breathe. Just breathe and feel into your heart. I haven't been born out of such a shitty conception. Causing so much suffering to my mother. Triggering my father. And in an awful way, inviting so much trauma, neglect, and pain into my life. In my siblings' lives. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part of me that is just judgmental and pissed off at universe. Because this is not what we're supposed to be like. Yeah, I, I can feel... really feel the guilt towards my brother and my sister. And my mm. mother. Yeah. Somehow it just ruined everything. Even though I know it wasn't my choice per se, you know, it doesn't... It's complex and understand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I realize that I'm tapping into a much bigger truth. I realize that I'm tapping into a much bigger truth. But in my conscious mind. But in my conscious mind. I created so much pain. I created so much pain. And I have a hard time forgiving myself for it. And I have a hard time forgiving myself for it. So for years and decades. For years and decades. I tried to make it up to my sister and my brother. Yeah, I tried to make it up to my sister and my brother. Being kind and generous. Being kind and generous. Caretaking. Yeah, caretaking, absolutely. But also feeling resentful of them. And also feeling resentful of them. Because it was not really my role to take care of them. It was also really not my role to take care of them. And yet I felt that somehow I caused them too much pain by being born. And yet I somehow feel that I caused them too much pain by being born. And creating this shitty family. In creating this shitty family. My conscious mind feels like somehow it's my fault. My conscious mind somehow feels that it's my fault. And I cannot forgive myself for it. And I cannot forgive myself for it. And I've been paying in several ways. And I've been paying in several ways. And I've actually been paying by punishing myself. And I've actually been paying by punishing myself. Not allowing myself to have the full happiness that I deserve. And not allowing myself to have the full happiness that I deserve. My mom was not allowed to feel fully loved. My mom was not allowed to feel fully loved. Protected and cared for protected and cared for because I was born because I was born and there's a part of me that believes and there's a part of me that believes that I don't deserve it because I caused it that I don't deserve it because I caused it and 
the marriage I forced her into ultimately killed her. So my my existence, my birth, is responsible for her death. And even though in a rational way I totally understand that I'm not at fault. Even though in a rational way I totally understand that I'm not at fault. My heart has been carrying a different message. My heart has been carrying a different message. And it has been like creating a wall. And it's been creating a wall. I don't allow myself to feel lovable. And I don't allow myself to feel lovable. Or worthy of happiness. Or worthy of happiness. With a partner, with a loving partner. With a loving partner. I take a deep breath because this is really intense. Though. That's why <sighs> last time we opened this door and we closed it right away. Mm. It's really intense. Yeah. It exists on a whole different level. It's sort of like, and yeah. I can see like how I became, my role in the family was caretaker. Yeah. Because on, on a deep, deep level, I don't even, un- unconscious level, I be I was trying to make up for it from the from the very beginning. So karate chop yeah. So deep, deep breath, karate chop point together. We're tapping into a different space now. Even though I don't understand it. Even though I don't understand it. And I'm not even gonna attempt to understand. And I'm not even going to attempt to understand. I now choose to trust. I now choose to trust that there's a bigger truth. That there's a bigger truth. A bigger love. A bigger love. And our souls knew exactly what they signed up for. And our souls knew exactly what they signed up for. Just like Sirsha had to wait until I was 47. Just like Sirsha had to wait until I was 47. I had to come in the way I did. I had to come in the way I did. Stopping through the points. I'm not going to even attempt to understand. Well, I kind of want to understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> But what I'm trying to do is that I want you to look beyond because this is a concept that your mind may not fully embrace yet. Yeah, maybe we can say I don't understand it yet. But I think at some point I can have a spiritual understanding in the same way that I now have a spiritual understanding of Sears' birth, you know, and my mind. Like I get that now, that... But I don't have access mm. to this one yet. I'm not there yet. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. I don't understand it yet, and that is okay. I don't understand it yet, and that is okay. I still choose to trust. I still choose to trust. And I choose to believe. And I choose to believe that my soul, like everyone in, in my family, like my soul, like everyone in my family, that was came here for a specific purpose. Came here for a specific purpose. A specific journey. A specific journey. In which I was a part. In which I was a part. But I was not fully responsible for. But I was not fully responsible for. And part of my learning, and part of my learning, and my journey as a as a as a human in this life, and my journey as a human in this life, is that I am not responsible for other souls' journeys. Mm. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> is that <laughs> I'm not responsible for other souls' journeys? We are here together, and we I are here together. Accompanying each other. We are here together and just accompanying each other. Walking together, evolving and learning. 
walking together, evolving, and learning. And I can only take care of my, my own journey. And I can only take care of my own journey. Deep breath. I choose to let go. And I want you to just like put a hand in over your heart. Close your eyes. And literally see all of the energy, all of the, the like the gray, almost like a gray fog or cloud that has to do with all these beliefs and feelings about your mother's life and your sister and brother's life and even your father's life. That is energy that belongs to their journeys, their souls, and they can accompany you as you accompany them. That is, you have taken on part of their journey when it's really not yours. Mm. <clears throat> Why would I do so, that? Because part of your journey is to recognize that as strong and powerful as you are, you do not have control of somebody else's life. See, there's a two, it's a two, two-sided coin. On one hand is the guilt and responsibility of our impact, right, of your impact. On the other side is these almost like, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like um, these grandio- like- yeah, these grandiosity, right? Mm. So, so there's a part of us that we have to find this middle ground where we are not better than and we are not less than, we are who we are. And that's a huge lesson. Because at times we fluctuate into feeling we're so much better than, you know, the people in our family and then we're so much worse because we cause them so much pain. The truth is that we are here just like they are, walking our own path and just, you know, in parallel journeys. Yeah. Yeah. But giving up the guilt also means giving up the, any kind of feeling that you're better than them. Mm-hmm. And more powerful, and more, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. That's a, that's really a huge learning. A relief, though. Yeah, exactly. To to release and to come to to really come to a, to terms with the fact that our soul came here for a purpose that, with our minds, we may not fully understand now. And that we had, you know, there's like every event in, in life just has consequences and it's like a domino effect. And we just, we're, we're here, you know, and the, the best that we can do always is here and now in the next, the next path that we can take. And when we take on too much that does not belong to us, it makes us both feel like less than, but also at times more than, and we're actually getting out of touch with who we truly are. Mm. And also the true power of who we are, which is just a soul constantly growing and evolving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How is your heart doing? Because I know that your mind is trying to, like, you know, is having all this, like, I can hear all the grinding, but how is your yeah. heart doing with this idea, with this, with this Good. feeling? Good, doing, doing well, yeah. This is an issue, like a concept I've been, you know, sort of releasing judgment of others and myself, mm-hmm. you know, but mostly feeling superior to others. It's mm-hmm. something that um, I'm struggling with, yeah. And um, trying to understand on a soul level that actually we're all just here doing the same, some kind of work, maybe different mm-hmm. work, but it's we're all here for the same kind of reason. But details may be different, but actually all of us are. And I just I have a 
a feeling of superiority because <laughs> because of all I've overcome. And I look at other people and I see that, that you know, I don't know, you can't really know, but um, I see a lot of people not overcoming things and just sort of being unco- asleep in life and just wa- walking and just being um, determined by their background rather than healing, you know? I don't, mm-hmm. I guess I feel like a superior because I'm, I've done so much healing and other people don't, you know? Right, and that is, is very true. If you go deeper and deeper and deeper, because we, we really share this one, <laughs> but when I, when I go deeper and deeper on the book that, I, that I've been listening on tape, um, I think it's a new earth by Edgar Tolle. Oh, Edgar Tolle, yeah. Yeah. He's um there, there's some things there that I, I found very useful, but mm-hmm. especially with when it comes to this one because I have I shared that and then at the same time I realized underneath that desire to feel a little superior truly is a part of me that feels that I'm less than. Yeah, right. You know, my own insecurity, my own fears, yeah. my own, you know, not, not maybe not in relation to exactly whatever that I'm judging this person for, but for yeah, something else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Intellectually, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, um, what is, what, <clears throat> I guess the, what, I, what I would recommend is for you to just, Almost like bring your energy, like I'm going to invite you to do, like what I'm doing right now is just putting my, my hands, like um, if you put your hands um, at the, on this, like um, level with your heart, so within your heart, and just like if you were to put your palms towards each other and just bring them together towards your heart in a, in a, in an intention or of bringing bringing you back to you, letting go of um, whatever the experience and whatever path your family had and just bringing it back to your your journey. Because part of the learning is also that no matter how chaotic and turmoil and neglectful and, and difficult your childhood was, part of your, your own path and journey is to recognize that as a soul, you totally deserve being special, being seen as special, and being loved, just like you deserve loving. Just like I deserve what? Loving another unconditionally because, mm-hmm. you know, being loved and loving are both the same, you know, the two sides of the same coin. Mm. So, you know, we seek a partner because we want to be special and we want to be loved. But it's just as special and powerful to love somebody else. And I'm getting that piece of Sersha right now, you know? Yeah. And I'm getting that feeling of overwhelming love for her, which is such a such an incredible experience. So wonderful. And feeling loved by her, you know, even though I don't I don't feel like it's the same, like she kind of has to love me out of survival, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not exactly it's not the same love as a parental love. Like I'm loving her out of unconditional spiritual love. Right. And she's, it's different for her. The love I receive from her, the predominant experience that I have of her is loving her. It's not being loved. You know, the the really right. big spiritual lesson I'm having is, wow, loving this child unconditionally. She could have five eyes and she could have autism. She could have anything mm-hmm. and I would um, still feel that way. Right. 
so, but it's the other side of the coin I haven't, I don't really recognize or know how to feel yet. Right. And there's a, another part that it would be good to address next time we meet, and is, do you accept yourself enough, and how are you about loving yourself? Mm. I think I'm pretty good, but probably not. Like, I take really, really good care of myself. You know, I, I, I do in most ways. You know, I welcome abundance. I um, provide a beautiful home and safe car and warm clothes and really good food and I give myself enough sleep and I have great health care and a huge support team. So I'm generally very loving towards myself. Good. Um, But I'm not as good at letting others love me. Mm. That's the big place where I have some real, a big hole in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And what what is it? What is that? That is. Well, it would be really interesting to see what what keeps you from allowing others to love you. Is it the risk? Maybe it's this punishment. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's. I don't know. I mean, men have really loved me. And then mm-hmm. I think with they, you know, they have really, they've been damaged and they've been, but I have felt their love and, you know, I really have. And I know that um, my friends really care for me. Like people really have, you know, strong positive feelings for me. But I think that I don't hold myself in the same regard as others do. Like I think people see me as a, very caring, generous, kind person. Um, but I almost see myself as, I don't see myself that way. Mm. So there's some self-regard that's a little bit disjointed from how others see who, who I am. Like you see me as this really big-hearted person. And I I know that I am on some level, but there's another part of me that doesn't, that somehow sees myself as aggressive or um, not so kind and loving and generous and big-hearted. Okay. So there's one there's one piece that would be really fabulous. That it, have you have you heard of the shadow effect? Yes. Uh, that would be really wonderful, Deb, for you too. Even when, you know, just watch a little bit of, on YouTube, the whole video is there. Okay. That's really, yeah, that that I highly recommend because that really opened up. It's all about what we're talking. And it's just really embracing the light and the shadow in a big way. So I think that these, these would be really good to address next time. So are you doing? Just writing that down for myself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what are you what are you gonna do for your holidays? We are going to South Carolina to the home of Sears' guardian family in case something happens to me. I heard a friend of mine since boarding school. Um so and they're just really a wonderful family. Um we're going to be in South Carolina. <laughs> Yay, that sounds wonderful. It's going to be much warmer. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's great. Oh, I'm so glad. Well, so have a fabulous, fabulous, um, like, you know, whole holiday and connecting. And I guess we'll see you. Oh, my God, this just feels so silly. But we'll see you next year. I don't know if, no. When, um, are, you, are, you, when are you back? Are you taking two weeks off? What are you doing? Um, we're, I'm back on the third. Okay. And do we have a meeting that week? I don't see you. That's exactly what I was looking. And it might be a good idea if you want to actually set something up because 
I know that um, that week is going to feel. Yeah. Let's set something up. Why don't we do something regular again? Why don't we... um, Yeah, do you want to go in my scheduler and just choose what works best for you? Yeah, let's see if I can do that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you find any issues, you let me know, okay? Oh, thank you so much. I noticed that you paid for last session on this one. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Okay, Just have a great. fabulous holiday, and we're in touch. Anything comes up, you know I'm here, okay? Thank you. What, just really quickly, what are you guys doing? We're going to California to see Stefan's mom. Oh, good. Nice. Yeah, to be with his family. Because my mom was here for two and a half weeks, and now we're going to see his mom. Great. Well, enjoy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so okay. much. Okay. Take good Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.